You're listening to the Together Church Podcast. We are so glad that you guys have joined us today. You're going to be hearing a message from our Easter Sunday sermon. And in this message, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And we also discover how the resurrection reframes the way that we look at all of life. We hope that you enjoy today's message. Happy Easter Sunday Together Church. Now, this is not at all where we thought we were going to be spending Easter, is it? I mean, our first Easter as a church. But hey, here we are. We're at home on the couch watching an Easter worship service online. And here's the thing, though. On the couch or physically gathered together in corporate worship, it doesn't negate the fact that today we worship a resurrected king today. Today we rejoice and we worship our risen Savior. As surprised as you and I are to be at home on this Easter Sunday, that surprise didn't even come close to comparing to the surprise that Mary Magdalene and Mary and Salome felt when they went to the tomb of Jesus on that first Easter Sunday. I want you to notice that none of the disciples were sitting outside the tomb counting down to the resurrection. Jesus' closest followers were doing exactly what we would have expected them to do since they expected Jesus to do what dead people do, and that was to be dead. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, and Salome, they all go out to purchase some spices. And they're purchasing these spices so that they can anoint and re-embalm the body of Jesus. That's a very important detail in the story. Notice they didn't purchase these items beforehand because the events leading up to the death of Jesus, they happened so quickly. Think about it. Jesus is arrested late on a Thursday night. They wake up on Friday morning to hear the news that their friend, their rabbi, their teacher had been arrested. And then by late afternoon, he's dead. They didn't even have time to catch up emotionally, much less go and buy the needed spices that they were gonna need for the burial. See, they believe that Jesus was a teacher. They believed that he's a miracle worker from God and their hope had been that he was the promised Messiah. But in this very moment, their hopes of him being the Messiah, well, those were shattered. A Messiah from God wouldn't die. It was through tears that these women watched the body of Jesus, their friend, be taken off of this cross and carried to a borrowed tomb. You see, they saw his body quickly be embalmed. They were embalming it so fast to rush it so they could get him buried before the start of the Sabbath. Their hearts are broken. Put yourself in their position for just one moment. They're in absolute shock at the events that have unfolded before them. Now, these women, they spend the next couple of days in shock. But after the Passover, they have to do something about this. They can't just sit around. So they decide that they're going to go back to the tomb and they're going to get inside of that tomb just so they can see the body of Jesus. And then the text tells us this. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who's going to roll this stone away for us from the entrance of this tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled back. 
It was a very large stone, Mark chapter 16 tells us. Now, can you imagine the look on their faces when they saw that the stone was gone? I mean, they knew something wasn't right. That was a massive stone. Where did the guards go that were guarding this tomb? And as they entered the tomb, their worst nightmares, the body of Jesus was not even there. It was gone. Their thought was not that he's alive or he's been resurrected. No, the thought was that this was the job of grave robbers who'd come and taken him. Notice not a single one of them that looked into that tomb assumed that this was the resurrection. When they looked into the tomb, they assumed what you and I would assume. Their assumption was that someone had taken this body. So they run back to the city and they run back so they can tell the disciples who were hiding. John 20 tells us that she ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, John. And she said, they've taken the body. They've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put his body. I want you to notice something. Not a single one of them that looked into that tomb assumed the resurrection. When they looked into the tomb, their expectation was that Jesus was going to be there. And he wasn't, so then they assumed that his body had been taken. The disciples were skeptical of what they were seeing. Luke tells us that the disciples were so skeptical of these women and what they had to say that they said it sounded like nonsense. Look what the scriptures say in Luke 24. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men. So they didn't believe it. You know, many of you watching today have something in common with these disciples. You're skeptical. And I can understand that. Maybe you think the resurrection is just a bit of nonsense. Yeah, you agree that Jesus is a historical figure and maybe you agree that he was real. But the resurrection, come on. You just maybe can't buy into that. Understand, Jesus' best friends felt the same way on that Easter morning that you do. They assumed what everyone else assumed, and that was that Jesus would stay dead. Peter decides that he couldn't just sit there. He had to go and check it out for himself. Is this real? So he says, however, Peter jumped up, runs to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Not the body, the linen wrappings. And it says, then he went home again wondering what had happened. But all Peter found were the linen wrappings. He didn't leave the tomb shouting, Jesus is alive. No, Peter left that tomb in confusion. This is one of the most important parts of this narrative. That the men and women that were closest to the action, closest to Jesus, the writers of the New Testament documents, the skepticism and the unbelief of the very people who would be the spokesmen and the spokeswomen of this brand new movement that was about to happen called the church, Christianity. These men documented their own disbelief and they had given up hope. And the Bible tells us that on that first day of the week, on that Sunday, the disciples are together hiding. They're not running in the streets proclaiming a resurrection because they were afraid of what might happen to them because they just saw what happened to their friend, Jesus. They're hopeless. And on that evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors were being locked where the disciples were. They, they had the doors locked because they were fearing the Jewish people. 
And Jesus comes right through the door with it still being locked and stood among them and said, peace be with you. In their hiding, (laughs) this missing body of Jesus is standing right in front of them. The body that they saw placed in a tomb, the body that was just missing from this tomb, the Jesus that they saw take his last breath, the lifeless body taken down from a cross, is standing in their presence. The door was locked, but Jesus came in. Look at their reaction when they noticed that Jesus was standing in the room. The Bible says, but the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. And Jesus says, why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Jesus did this to him a lot. He would mess with him a little bit. He just kind of walks in this locked door. Think about it. When Jesus came walking on the water, they thought it was a ghost. The literal translation of walking on the water is Jesus was casually strolling by saying, hey guys, how you doing? And they were fearing for their lives in that boat because it was sinking. They were doubting that this was Jesus. Here we are again thinking it's a ghost and thinking that this is not Jesus because the door was locked. But look what Jesus says to them. He says, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. And he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer, he would die, and he would raise from the dead on the third day. It's also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all of the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Listen to this. You are witnesses of all these things. They were eyewitnesses to an event that would start a movement called Christianity. The resurrection of Jesus creates this church. It launches this church. It launches this movement. They were eyewitnesses to this. Eyewitness. Their testimonies began to fill the streets and restore hope. Think about Peter. Peter believes, and then Peter unbelieves, and then he denies that he believed, and then Peter re-believes. Peter was a wreck, in case you were wondering, but when he writes 1 Peter, he's an old man. When he's writing some of these scriptures, he's looking back on the resurrection. And here's what he says as an old man to the first century Christians. Peter, who saw all of these things, wrote this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, Peter believed that God was indeed Jesus' Father. He says, in his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. That word hope is not a verb, by the way. It's a noun here in this verse. He's saying, because of what Jesus has done, you and I can have hope. But based on what, Peter? And the next word tells us. It tells us that it's through. Through what? This means because of. In other words, Peter says, What tangible evidence do you have? Why are you so confident? Why can you write these things with such confidence? And he says this, it is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. If you and I were to ask Peter, what is the foundation of your faith? Peter would say, my faith in Jesus was resurrected when I saw my friend rise from the dead. And he says that this new life that you and I have includes an inheritance and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's an interesting word usage. Who gets an inheritance? Children. 
And at this moment, Peter's reminding his audience that there's this relational factor that isn't just history, that these are not just events, that by dying on a cross and being resurrected, Jesus literally paved a way, a path, to have a relationship with God the Father. But I want you to see what comes next. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. He says, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, in all of this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, while you may have to suffer in grief in all kinds of trials. The resurrection of Jesus completely reframed all of Peter's life. And the invitation of Easter is for you and for me is to allow the resurrection of Jesus to completely reframe our lives. We simply just believe that he was resurrected. The power of testimony. We have to have faith. And faith has a starting point. It has a basis. And that basis is the resurrection. The resurrection tells me that Jesus is who he says he is. This is not a big fairy tale that he's making me into something new. He's coming back for me. And when Luke wanted to summarize the apostles' messages, he chose one word. He said it's the resurrection. The resurrection covered everything. And that resurrection is a gift. It's a gift to all who will receive it. You have to receive it. Look at this verse. He says, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose value. It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God, Peter says. He says, salvation is done. You have to have faith to receive it. And maybe you've been in church, but this has never been real to you. You've never really made your own serious decision. Maybe you've never decided to follow Jesus. Today, you can have salvation because of the resurrection. Today, you can experience resurrected power. And if you want to receive Jesus as your Savior, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Just bow your heads and say, Dear God, thank you for loving me and sending Jesus into the world. I believe he died on a cross for my sins and he rose again. Forgive me for my sins. Give me the gift of eternal life. God, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to connect with you. Would you do us a favor and message us on one of our social media platforms or email us at info at wearetogether.church. We want to help you as you start your journey. We want to help you connect to a small group. We want to help you connect to the body of our church. This is the next step for you. On this Easter day, I just pray that we're reminded of the resurrection power. As Peter peers into that tomb and he finds it empty, his hope is restored when he sees Jesus face to face. And my prayer today is that we would recognize that the tomb is indeed empty. But Jesus is very much alive and living and moving among us today. So let's pray and thank God that it just didn't stop with a crucifixion, that it continued with the resurrection. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for dying on this cross. Thank you for the resurrection. It was through the resurrection, God, that we receive and have salvation. We believe this today. We proclaim it. And we thank you for all that you're going to do. We thank you for every person that made a decision today. God, I just pray that they would have the courage just to reach out so that we can help them get connected 
so they can grow closer to you. Just pray every person watching, God, just bless them today. Help them to focus on you and have a great time spending with their family. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done and all you're gonna do. And we pray these things in your name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the Together Church podcast today. For more information on Together Church and how to get connected, you can always visit us on our website at wearetogether.church. Thanks again for listening.